Welcome to Ghostly. Is the historic Anchorage Hotel haunted? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or a paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real, and my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. And as always, we're your host. I'm Pat. And I'm Rebecca. And uh, Rebecca, so... There was a game that you were playing earlier. Remember <laughs> I, the name of that game? I, I think frog, it's the Frog, frog Detective, Detective, I yes. believe. Yes. And what did you find out in the Frog Detective? Well, I played the first mystery, yes. which was like Ghost Island or Ghost something. Ghost Island. Oh, something like interesting. that. Uh, and in this particular case, the ghost turned out to be... Um, uh, a character dancing yes. and playing music in a cave, which okay. was making noise. Sorry to give it away so, for any so, of you that want to go play. So ghosts are not like, real. That's what you're saying. No, that is not what I'm saying. I'm saying in this particular instance. I know when you told me, you said ghosts aren't real. I did not say that. Oh, okay. Well, that's what I heard. I'm sorry. <laughs> so we have a really good episode today. Uh, we have not done an Alaska episode nope. yet, and I'm super interested in Alaska. I've never been. Nope, me neither. Um, I'm interested. I, uh, I've i been watching that new True Detective. Yeah. And although it's not in Anchorage, it is, you know, Alaska. I mean, everything yeah. in Alaska is the same, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I've seen the commercials, and it looks really, like, uh, cold. Yeah. Uh, and um, spooky. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, um, you know, I'm did, guessing that's did you all know that, of Alaska. Did you know that there's a North Pole in Alaska? No. There is. And they have like Santa's Village. Oh, wow. Like Santa's, there's a town Santa's called house. North Pole? Yes, there okay. is. Yes. Um, anyways, this is actually, oddly enough, a tie in to our last episode, Ooh. Walt Disney. And I will tell you more about that as we get into the pet facts. But right now, we have uh, shout-outs. And there are two ways to get a shout-out on Ghostly. The first way is to give us a review on Apple Podcast. We always prefer those five-star reviews, but as you're going to find out today, and as always, we read any and all reviews that we receive. And the second way is to become a member on Patreon. Uh, just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on Patreon in the menu bar. We have a few different tiers to choose from, but... What I wanted to bring up before the shout out, though, is that we have Jacob Mayfield joining us on the 22nd, which will be a day after this episode comes out. Mm -hmm. And he uh, this is really interesting. He's going to he's doing this for his new book. Mm -hmm. And he agreed to um, do a one card reading for anybody that is in that um, live stream. Absolutely. And you could become part of the live stream by joining the VIP and also, here's an interesting thing, too, is that you can do a one-week trial. So if you sign up right now and you're listening to this episode on Wednesday, <laughs> tomorrow on Thursday, you can be part of that. Yeah. And see how you like it. And listen to the almost 40 episodes that we have in there mm -hmm. that are that touch upon ghostly stuff and, and go beyond ghostly stuff, too. Absolutely. We have interviews with a lot of the people that you've heard on Ghostly. We talk about secret societies. Yes. Uh, all sorts of other kind of paranormally topics. Yes. Super fun. Um, and now we're doing yeah. live streams where mm -hmm. every um, week, you every can. Month. Yeah, you can join. Yeah, not every week. No. Every <laughs> month you can join in on that discussion and debate with us. 
yeah. it's been a lot of fun. I really have been have have been enjoying it. Absolutely, and you know, and even if you can't, uh, or you you know, you can't make it to the to the live, maybe you're or you listening don't want to this, to. right? Yeah, you know, later you can still join Patreon and listen. Yeah, to absolutely. the episodes, uh, and a speci- and specifically Jacob Mayfield's episode. or watch the episodes because we're on them. it's on Zoom. Yeah. So Rebecca, can you read this review for us, please? Absolutely. So thank you so much. We again, we always love reviews. So this is a fun podcast uh, by Jelly Bean. Um, and six zero zero five six. Is that a zip code? I maybe. Ooh. No, I think we're one number short for that. Uh, oh. No, we're not. It's five. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. I can't. Why I thought I could deal with numbers <laughs> is beyond me, English teacher. But that um, zip code would put this person in Chicagoland area. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, we're not going to We're not gonna reveal anybody. <laughs> All right. So it's a fun podcast, four stars. And it says, I love ghost story podcasts and stumbled upon yours and was ecstatic to see so many Illinois ghost stories. Being a Chicago girl myself. Okay, they re- they revealed it. Uh, I enjoy hearing the banter of believer versus skeptic. Keep up the great work. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate it, Jelly Bean. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if you want to have your review read here, just you know, go to Apple Podcast and do a review. Absolutely. Um, un- unfortunately, we can't collect any of the other reviews that we get on other platforms because... We don't know when we get them. They actually. don't. Yeah. So you can always also just uh, send us a note. Go to ghostlypodcast.com. There's a contest us form. Yeah. We, we would love to hear from everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in fact, one of the things that we get from those contact forms are ghost stories. Oh, yeah. Listener mail ghost stories. Oh. So we have a listener from, mail. From the frog detective? <laughs> from our listeners. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so this is, um, this came from, um, sorry, this came. Joe. Joe. There it is, Joe. Sorry. I, I was hiding at the bottom. Uh, this came from Joe and uh, I... I thought I thought it was it's kind of a skeptic-y ghost story. Okay. And I, I, I don't know. I maybe that's going too far, but here we go. Um, hello, Rebecca and Pat. Thank you both for a ghostly podcast. Uh, I have enjoyed it over the last couple of years while at the gym or taking a walk. I really enjoy a good ghost story. However, I am on the team in the middle. Okay. Uh, no, not a thing. Oh, okay. Although I hope to someday see objective scientific proof of ghosts or spirits, I look at things with a skeptical eye. I heard you were short on ghost stories, so I decided it was time to tell you one of mine. I live in Ipswich, Massachusetts. I hope I said that right. Um, (laughs) Which is on the coast of Massachusetts, just north of Salem. I'm lucky enough to live on the coast with a small beach close to my home called Pavilion Beach. Oh, my God. That sounds amazing. It really does. Pavilion Beach is a small but busy beach throughout the year, even after the weather gets cold. With the parking lot along the edge of the beach, it makes it easy for local climbers, clammers, sorry, local clammers, <laughs> people who dig for steamer clams. Yeah, what are they going to do? Climb a beach? <laughs> Come on. To launch their small aluminum boats to get in, to get to the climbing Sorry, clamming flats. Sorry, <laughs> I will get there. We just don't have anything like this in the Midwest. No, so I'm not yeah. used to this vocabulary. Um, it's also the place where I walk my dog, Abe, every evening. Hi, Abe. Um, it's a great place to let him run and roam around without his leash. And it's also where my ghost story takes place. My story happened in October, so the summer boating season was winding down. During this time of year, people who own lobster traps need to take their traps out of the water. 
To do this, they load all of their traps onto their boat and then come close to the shore at high tide. They then drop the traps into the water close to the shore. When the tide goes out and the water recedes, the piled traps are exposed. They are then collected and stored for the winter. As always, I was walking Abe in the evening after the sun went down. I got to the beach and I took him off his leash to let him run. I continued towards the water, um, the other to walk towards the other end and as Abe was running back and forth sniffing and exploring different objects on the beach it was getting dark so I had a flashlight and as I was walking I could see two piles of lobster traps waiting to be collected as I approached the second pile I saw a very tall skinny man inspecting the traps I assumed they were his and he was getting ready to load them onto his truck nearby as I got closer I could see him wearing overalls with one of those Gorton fisherman hats You don't see those hats too often these days. He also had an overgrown bushy beard and a thin complexion. I can see him in a commercial. Uh, Wait, is this me? (laughs) (laughs) Our eyes met and I said, good evening. I don't remember if there was a reply, but I'm not one to start talking with strangers who look like they're busy. Uh, I kept walking past him in the pile of traps. I didn't walk more than 10 feet from where I said good evening when I heard Abe yelp. A yelp as if he was hurt or scared. I immediately turned around with my flashlight to see Abe running back toward my house. I immediately yelled Abe's name, but he was not stopping. (laughs) I waved my flashlight around to see if the man had done anything to my dog. He was nowhere to be found. He wasn't by the traps. He wasn't by the parking lot. He was gone. Disappeared. I just passed him seconds earlier. Where did he go? As shocked as I was, I had to get Abe before he got to the street. The dog was too quick, and despite me calling his name, he wasn't stopping. Fortunately, he made it to the house. I'm not sure what made Abe yelp and run back home, but it's interesting that I couldn't find the man I just patched on the beach. I think of this story every time I see the traps piled up on the beach, and I've never seen that man again. Keep up the good work, guys. Joe. Well, thank you so much, Joe. And if you want to be like Joe, which I want to be like Joe because he lives in a really cool place, um, you can send us ghost stories through the email. You can email us at info at ghostlypodcast.com or use the contact us form on ghostlypodcast.com. Or one of our favorite ways to get ghost stories is in the actual mail. Uh, That's P.O. Box number 264, Geneva, Illinois, 60134. And as always, you're never going to remember all that stuff. I'm not going to even repeat it. Just go to the ghostlypodcast.com and scroll to the footer and it's all written right there. Absolutely. Or send us a DM on social media. Whatever is easiest for you. Whatever. We'll take it any way we can get it. Yep. All right. So we do have polls. Yes, we have to go over, right? Because we are back in it, in it to win it. I've been winning lately. You have been winning lately. Um, So the last episode, we talked about Walt Disney. Yeah. So the ghost of the man himself. Uh, We have, yes, 51.5%. And no, 48.5%. Barely squeaked it by Miss Rebecca. Oh, my God. And the overall rating, you know, people can give a rating on on here. Mm -hmm. And they can only give one through 10. They can't can't do a zero like I can. Mm -hmm. Um, 3.75. Yeah. So, um, I mean, decent, but uh, I guess Mm. on the lower side. I would say definitely lower. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, we are uh, moving on to our ghost story. You have a ghost story? I do have a ghost story. Now, this is a little different today because I read something that was so good. I was like, I can't write a ghost story better than this. Okay. So we're, we're going with it. It's All from right. the Anchorage Daily News. Okay. 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 
As the pale light of midday briefly touched the cityscape on a December afternoon in 2004, Terry Rusi stood behind the front desk of the Anchorage Historic Hotel, checking logs and paperwork. The petite blonde with a pixie cut glanced up from her work into a mirror on the wall in front of her. That's odd, she thought. What was that? Rusi spun around to face a painting on the wall behind her, looking for the smoky silhouette of a white dress she swore she saw she'd seen drift by the mirror just seconds before. There was nothing. The dim painting, a woman's portrait encased in a gold frame, offered no hoped-for explanation. No white dress. The painting is just a weathered face cast in the style and attitude of Francisco Goya's Saturn devouring his sons. Unsettling enough on its own, it was even more so when Rusi realized that there was nothing resembling the reflection she'd just seen. She shook her head in disbelief, dismissed the vision, and returned to her work. Later on in the week, a boyfriend of an employee passed the time with a self-guided tutorial on how to tie a tie. He was seated in a chair next to the narrow lobby fireplace with Rusi again behind the front desk. As he practiced, a framed picture of notable Alaskan artist Sidney Lawrence spontaneously catapulted itself from the mantle across the room, shattering a glass coffee table on impact. Rusi was stunned. Assuming it was an earthquake, she looked around to see what else was shaking. The chandelier was still. The room was quiet. The man turned to her, his untied tie hanging from his neck, and casually suggested, maybe it's your ghost. Wow. And so we already know that you didn't write this one. I did not write this one. But it's all fake, though, right? Uh, No. Um, I mean, the people in the story claim... The, this wow. is real. And what was this? What was the newspaper for? The Anchorage, the Anchorage Daily, Daily News. News. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to take a short break. And when we return, we're going to talk about the history. Let's get into the pet facts. Pet facts. All right. So I'm going to start with Anchorage itself because I'm really interested in uh, Alaska. I always have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I actually drove from Chicago to Saskatoon, um, which is in Canada. It's in Saskatchewan, which is the halfway point. Oh. And that took me 25 hours. So if I would have went another 25 hours <laughs> and I did it all without stopping too. So if I would have went another 25 hours, I would have made it to Alaska. And then died. <laughs> it would be a long drive. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, man, I've always wanted to go. It just, the like, to get there, it's pretty rough. Yeah. I mean, the roads are pretty rough there. You know, you should always have, like a, like, like, a spare set of tires and stuff when you're going there, extra fuel. Because weird thing happens in Canada, especially, gas stations close. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can you believe that? Like, at night, you can't get gas. I, you know, when you're in, in a rural, a rural Rural, 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 rural. Uh, area. Yeah, uh, that happens. Yeah, and actually, there was one spot when I was in 
when there was no radio stations on AM or FM. That's pretty rural. I, I hit seek <laughs> and it just kept going through it over that's, and over and over again. That's scary. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Let's get into it. Anchorage has evidence of people living in the area for over 5,000 years. I was really surprised with this number because it's really difficult to live there. And I can't imagine people living there, you know, <laughs> before like heating and stuff like that. <laughs> well, you know what? The, the, you know, indigenous people in Alaska, yeah, they make it work. They do, definitely. Yeah. Although, you know, to be fair, though, not many people stayed there for too long at that, ah. that period of time. Captain James Cook uh, was among the first European explorers to map the Alaskan coastline. And many of its geographical features, like mountains, islands, rivers, waterways, and they still bear the names that he gave them today. Mm. So Cook, um, you know, the one that was after Peter Pan. <laughs> you mean Captain Hook? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, before <laughs> he got the hook, he was Cook, right? No. I mean, uh, Cook was... <laughs> All right. We need Mondo to make a song of it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, Cook was searching for the fabled uh, Northwest Passage, which was a route that provided a shorter means of reaching the Pacific from Europe, shorter than the difficult uh, Northeast Passage, which was around north of Asia or south around South America. Gotcha. I mean, if yeah, you people are always that, looking for better yeah. routes. And they, and they just always thought that there was one here. Yeah. Um, on May 15th, 1778, after enduring weeks of hard weather, Cook turned into uh, an inlet between two landmarks that he called Cape Douglas and Mount St. Augustine. So imagine that he like he's like, I'm going to turn in here. And that is <laughs> that is Cape Douglas. And that's Mount St. Augustine right over there. I mean, and of course, we acknowledge that the indigenous people probably already had names I'm for sure those did, things. Yeah. But OK, we're going with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is what he, yeah. uh, he anchored his ship, the HMS Resolution at a place he called Anchor Point, later named Anchorage. So that one did change a little bit. Okay. As another Anchor Point existed to the south near Homer, uh, Alaska. Uh, near a creek he dubbed Ship Creek, nestled <laughs> between two large arms or waterways, you know. Uh, in the 19th century, Russia had a presence in south-central Alaska, and it was well-established. All right, can I just take a second? And just I this just came back to my memory. Yeah. One of my memories from middle school English class is we <laughs> had to write a story. And as part of the story, it was like there were like five people in the group and everybody had to write a chapter. Okay. So you could meet ahead of time to come up with an idea and then write your chapter. Mm -hmm. And uh, our story was of a guy who escaped Russia and came to Alaska Ooh. and like got on a train and made it down to the lower interesting 48 I believe I don't know my my chapter was him on the on the on the train nice hop in the train nice anyways maybe one day you'll find that paper and you could read it I, on and there. I think I have found it at some point <laughs> in my life so I'm sure I have it somewhere it's a great story that made no sense because I'm sure <laughs> we all had different ideas but yeah. uh it was fun <laughs> Sorry, the memory just came just to me. An Alaska fact, Rebecca's story. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. In 1867, uh, the U.S. Secretary uh, Secretary of State William H. Seward brokered a deal to purchase Alaska from Imperial Russia for 7.2 million dollars, or about two cents an acre, or 124.6 million dollars in today's dollars. Pretty cheap. It seems like it was a really good deal. Good deal. Yeah. 
His political rivals um, said that, uh, it, or they nicknamed it Stewart's Folly and Stewart's Icebox. And this is my favorite, Wall Russia. <laughs> uh, in 1888, gold was discovered. And along- those people were like, <laughs> yeah. Or like they felt like fools. That's it. Yeah. Absolutely. They, yeah. It was discovered along Turnagain Arm, just south of modern day Anchorage. Uh, leading to a new influx of prospectors. Because, you know, whenever there's gold, people will run there. Gold in them in our hills. And small towns such as uh, Spendard, Hope, Rainbow, Bird, Indian, and Girdwood began to spring up. Those sound like really modern names of towns. So, <laughs> uh, Alaska became an organized, incorporated United States territory in 1912. Anchorage, unlike every other large town in Alaska, south of Brook uh, Range, was neither a fishing nor mining camp. And oh, the, interesting. Yeah. The area surrounding Anchorage lacked sufficient economical metal ores. So there was no reason to mine those areas because there wasn't anything there. Huh. Yet it's like the city we know, yeah. what most people think of, you know. And the city grew from its happenstance uh, choice as a site for railroad construction to begin in 1914. Exactly. Railroad. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the, water, uh, the waters near Ship Creek were deep enough for barges and small ships to dock. And under the directions of Frederick Mears, it became a railroad construction port for the Alaska Engineering Co- uh, Commission. The area near the mouth of Ship Creek, where the railroad headquarters was, quickly became a tent city. Anchorage formed at a time when proponents of prohibition were gaining traction. And as a part of the efforts to uh, stem the flow of alcohol trade, at the direction of President Woodrow Wilson and with the cemetery of the U.S. Army, a town site was mapped out on higher ground to the south of the tent city with the condition that a person's land could be repossessed if caught breaking the alcohol laws. How are they supposed to stay warm? Yeah, right? That's what I'm thinking, too. Uh, Anchorage has been noted in the years since for its order and uh, rigidity, uh, compared with other Alaskan uh, town sites. I was going to say, like, I definitely, I was going to say, I don't think of Alaska as a as a state with a lot of law. Hoodlums? No, I think <laughs> definitely hoodlums. Like, I feel like it's a lot of, you know, if you're living out in the middle of nowhere, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? There's not a lot of law. You know, you're kind of doing your own. But but that Anchorage, that makes sense as yeah. like the big city. It seems like you it. Know, has it seems more, like it. You know. Uh, in 1915, Territorial Governor John Franklin Alexander Strogen. Wow. That's yeah, a name. He's got a lot of names in there. Um, encouraged residents to change the city's name to one that had more significance in local associations. In the summer of that year, residents held a vote to change the city's name. A plurality favored the name Alaska City, which that's not very original, (laughs) but the territorial government ultimately declared that they were going to keep it the same. Anchorage was incorporated on November 23rd, 1920. I'm glad they did that vote. Yeah, absolutely. And did nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Wasted money and time. The Anchorage Hotel, though, that we're going to be talking about, and it wasn't called the historic Anchorage Hotel because at some point it has to have its history, right? <laughs> right. It was first established in the downtown Anchorage area in 1916. So it goes along with my timeline there. Mm-hmm. Just one year after the small settlement along the waters of Ship Creek, the Turnagain Arm, and Cook Inlet received its chapters. 
C.B. Work um, built the first hotel building. While the building was originally a wood frame structure, Frank Reed upgraded the building to a luxury hotel in 1917. Because of the construction of the Alaska Railroad and air transportation in the 1930s, Anchorage saw a population spike, and the hotel needed to upgrade to accommodate this. So the Anchorage Hotel Annex was built in 1936 to house the additional guest with a sky bridge that connected it to the original hotel. Ooh, fancy. Right? Especially for, for that time in 1936. Yeah, right? Uh, for a time, the Anchorage Hotel was the only place in town where guests could be served food on fine china with silverware. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. The annex uh, designated by E. Ellsworth Siddell had a gothic design and uh, was the tallest building in Anchorage at the time. Wow, fancy. Because there wasn't many buildings in Anchorage right, at the time. Right, and it had you know. silverware. I mean, yeah, know. exactly, yeah. Guests at the hotel included Warren Harding, Harold L. Ickens, Walt Disney, <gasps> Rebecca. There it is. Yeah, Willie Post and Will Rogers. Okay. I know that name. The later two stayed at the hotel only two days prior to their deaths in a, in a plane crash. <gasps> Spooky. Yeah, but Walt Disney was there. Yeah, there we go. Learning well. how to be frozen in ice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in addition, artist Sidney Lawrence, which you had mentioned mm-hmm. in your story, uh, lived in the hotel for parts of the 1920s and 1930s. Lawrence actually um, exchanged a painting of Mount McKinley for a year's rent at the hotel. There you go. By the 1950s, um, following years of boom and bust economies, the Anchorage Hotel had deteriorated. The original hotel building was demolished in 1960s, while the annex became the Hotel Ronald Lee. After several ownership changes, Bob and Caroline Newman purchased the hotel in 1989 and modernized and renovated the building while retaining its early 20th century form. After its renovation, the hotel regained its original name, now operated as the historic Anchorage Hotel, and the annex was added to the National Registry of Historic Places on April 15th of 1999. Today, the hotel is recognizable for its distinctive appearance, a stucco building with vertical piers um, delineating the, the bays. So that is what I have for the history, Rebecca. Do you have anything to add? No, just that, you know, people that stay there um, talk about how the hotel, that it's nice, but that they did a good job of preserving or, you know, like you mentioned, you know, it looks like early 20th century. You know, it's not, I mean, obviously modernized version. Well, remember, though, they did tear down the 1916 building. Right. So it's not the same building, but it's... It's the annex that was built in 36. Right. Yeah. Um, But that, anyways, that that it looks nice. Yeah, I I could see that. I've seen some pictures inside, and it Mm -hmm. looks pretty pretty cool. I would stay there. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. If if you want to put me up in the hotel, the historic (laughs) Anchorage Hotel, you can get me a ticket from Chicago to Anchorage, preferably in the summer months. Yes. Uh, because I have enough winter here in Chicago, uh, and I'd be glad to stay in your hotel. All right, so we're going to take a short break, and when we return, we're going to get to the debate.
ready for a debate, Rebecca? Let's do this. All right. <laughs> All right. So there are several ghosts that are said to haunt the Supposed Anchorage. ghost. I would like to clarify that. That are said to haunt the Anchorage Hotel <laughs> that I didn't, you know. Alleged. Say, alleged ghost. How yes. about that? Some are permanent, meaning it's like we think these ghosts are always here, but some do come and go, according to psychics that have visited the hotel. All right. Do they currently pay rent? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> there have been so many stories that, kind of like other hotels we've talked about, the hotel has started keeping a log of all the paranormal stories that people have reported. So there's a lot of really simple stories like the curtains moved, <laughs> like, you know, things that would be maybe difficult to kind of prove would be ghosts. Sure. Um, but there's others that are like they saw, you know, a figure. Okay. Well, um, I want to I want to speak to that first. Yeah, though. sure. Yeah, I was thinking about this while, while I was doing some research. Um, you know, it's always difficult to stay in a hotel because it's not your home, mm -hmm. right? You know, you, you automatically feel out of sorts. There's not many hotels that I walk into that I'm just like, I feel like I'm at home. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's automatically different than what I'm used to. That can cause a lot of issues, I would say. Would you agree? Uh, I've never, I mean, no, it doesn't feel like home, but I don't necessarily have. But you like, might be issues. out of sorts, though, you Me? know? It depends, I okay. suppose. All right. Well, anyways, I just wanted to say that first. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I can see, especially for a historic hotel, I can yeah. see people having their minds being in a different place. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, all right, so let's start with the first story. Okay. Um, that's from our ghost story today. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, let's go back to that. So seeing a woman's face in the mirror. Ah, yes. So that is a common story, and this is one of the two main ghosts that people talk about. There's a tragic story where there was a jilted bride um, who allegedly, uh, trigger warning, uh, alleged to have hung herself in one of the second floor rooms after her groom failed to show up on the day of their wedding. Mm. So she is said to appear in the hallways as a tall, elegant woman in a white dress. Oh, jeez. And occasionally will appear in mirrors. Okay. So like, I, so again, so the, it's really not the mirror so much. It's that people catch her walking, but they see it through the mirror. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's, it's easy to see things like out of the corner of your eye and stuff. Uh, I'm sure that these accounts aren't that the person was directly looking in the mirror and then all of a sudden saw something, saw something out of the corner of his eye probably, and then turned to it. I'm mm -hmm. gonna assume that's. I mean, that was the story, you know. Yeah. So I assume others are like that. So it's too. easy, you know. It's just like when you're walking down the street sometimes and you happen to think you see something and you have to take a double take. You know, it's the same kind of thing. I would say it's it's a condition that uh, we humans have where we try to put faces into things, and so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that that one I I think can be attributed just to um, people's overactive imagination, mm. and I'm gonna give it a zero. All right, I think for me it's interesting that multiple people again have had that vision. Yeah, I also like. I mean, in my life, sure, there's been times where like, you know, you kind of double take, but I've never really been like, I think I see something in a mirror, but then I look and it's not there like that. That would freak me out. Well, a lot of I times think. you talk yourself out of it. You're like, did I see? No, I didn't see anything like that. Doesn't mean it wasn't there. Okay. So I'm going to give that one a seven. 
Seven, okay. All right. A shaky seven there. You were like, seven. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this is, uh, I found an article and it had a comment. Okay. I always love these where yes. people give their, their own personal story. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is Johnny. Johnny, okay. Made this comment. I liked him in Karate Kid. <laughs> October 11th, 2019. Okay. Yes. The Anchorage Hotel is haunted. We were having a wedding and reception in their event room. We went downstairs to get more chairs. The chair was moving and no one else was down there. The chairs were moving by themselves. We ran up the stairs very fast. We told our host. She uh, had an employee get chairs for us. We hurried out of the Anchorage Hotel. We never went back there again. They didn't finish the wedding? Well, I'm guessing they finished the wedding. Okay. (laughs) But they left quickly after. I was going to say, if they didn't finish the wedding, then maybe that does prove something. Mm. I don't know. um, (laughs) Well, I don't know. I mean, what what I read is what I have. Yeah. I'm going to say, I I don't know. This this sounds... um, I, I I don't I don't believe Johnny. I'm sorry. Even though he was great in Karate Kid, Johnny. I'm sorry. Well, I think of Johnny from The Shining. Here's Johnny. Oh yeah, <laughs> or whatever he would. Well, say. you know, yeah, I go a little bit more modern than you. <laughs> 1980s. I see. No, I, you know what though? I like I I pick this because there is a lot of again poltergeisty reports that people have of things moving. So I thought this was interesting to have somebody claim that there were chairs moving. Sure. Um, but it is interesting that the the staff was like, we got this, and they went and got the chairs. Yeah, so, didn't have any issues. Then. Yeah. So, so what? I'm gonna give it. Um, I'm gonna give this one a four. I'm gonna give it a one. I have to go one because I can't totally disprove it. I don't know exactly what happened there, but yeah, I'm sure something. There's no photos, no videos of this happening. So there you, you go. Know. All right. Next one. This is the other famous. Ghost. Some would say probably most favorite. Famous, I would so. say, yeah, probably the because most. Because I see it in your notes. It I don't actually know what famous. this is, but I just see the most famous. <laughs> so. um, uh, the Anchorage, uh, it's the ghost of the of Anchorage's first chief of police. Okay. John J. Blackjack oh, Sturgis. Okay. Uh, in 1921, he was found dead just a few steps from the entrance to the hotel, having been shot in the back with his own gun. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. The murders remained unsolved. It, they never figured out who did it in over a century. But supposedly, Chief Blackjack still makes his presence known within the hotel um, where, you know, near where he was gunned down. Uh, rumors say that he returns every year on February 20th to the scene of his murder, possibly seeking justice for the unsolved crime. All right. Well, I'm going to, you know what? I know who did it. <gasps> it was Johnny. <laughs> two different timelines <laughs> oh okay yeah i you know this wasn't even the same building so um, right outside yeah okay but uh yeah so they see him uh every year and at the scene of the murder so they see him outside i'm gonna say you know i don't think that this is true i think this That's is false shocking false information here um I'm going to give it a one, but okay. it's false information, though, people. Yeah. So right. I'm going to give it a six. All right. Because, I mean, again, it's a popular story. Yeah. So there's that. But I actually couldn't find any particular stories of someone oh, saying, I saw this guy. It's one so of it's those. It's all secondhand knowledge. Right. About it's Black a little Jack. bit more. Yeah. So mm. does it I seem s- possible? Still say, but... Where was Johnny during this? You know? <laughs> uh, not born yet. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. We have... Uh, well, you don't know that, actually. <laughs> Johnny could be an old, old man. That's true. Getting chairs. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next one. Two rooms in the hotel are known to have heightened activity. So if okay. you are going to pick a room to stay in, I would pick one of these two rooms. Room 217 and 215. Okay. Okay. So supposedly the TVs in those rooms will turn on and off on their own. All right. Let's stop with the TVs because okay. I just want to do one they, at a time. Sure. Here. So the TVs, we've already talked about this. If the walls are thin enough, someone in the next room, they usually have the same TVs throughout the whole hotel. And their remote can actually change the channel. It's just weird. Like, why just these two, though? Maybe they're, the walls are thinner there. I don't know. Mm. Maybe the veil to the to the underworld is thinner there. there I don't, no, go. I'm just kidding. Yes, I'm exactly. Kidding. That is exactly. No, and then the <laughs> other two things kind of go together, which is yeah. supposedly the faucets and the lights will also turn on and off. And supposedly, no matter how many plumbers or electricians they call, they never can seem to find a reason for the malfunctions. Yeah, I, you know, I'm going to say that I definitely think it's faulty faulty plumbing and faulty electricity there that would cause um faucets to turn turn on and lights to turn to turn on and off um or maybe the person had the faucet on a little bit didn't didn't, you know, totally turn it all the way off and I know people looked at this but did they have Super Mario brother there? No. Mario wasn't there. He's the ultimate plumber. <laughs> I was like, I don't so, know where you're going with this one. <clears throat> Zero for this one. All right. This one I give an eight. Okay. I actually feel like this is more paranormal activity, poltergeisty activity, kind of common. Definitely something went on with those two rooms. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm, All right. And, I disagree. <laughs> um, okay. And then Rusi is, I think, a hotel manager or somebody. We, okay. She was in that story. Hello, Rusi. Yep. Um, and she says um, that there is a little boy and a little girl that are in the hotel. Like they, okay. they, And this is what a psychic told her. Okay. Um, that they didn't die in the hotel, but the, at the hospital when it was, that's nearby. Um, and they always come back to this area because their family um lived there so okay. family lived in the hotel i guess okay um and so they come back to see them um so there have been reports of the sound of children running up and down the halls at night guests will call down to the lobby to complain only to be told there are no children registered in the hotel for the night mm. um there's some specific things mentioned like they'll hear or they'll see like a boy with a red ball um, just some other stuff, but I think more often it's just the sound of yeah. Children. Well, the sound can be anything. It could be people walking, and uh, when sound is distorted enough, it can sound like children. When it's actually adults, or maybe it's two females that then sound like a boy and girl or something. I don't know. Um, as far as seeing them, I did not see anything about anyone seeing anybody, so I don't know what to say about that. So I'm gonna give this one a two then. Ooh, all right. I'm gonna give this one. I'm going to give it a six because okay. again, I do agree like it's a little bit like nebulous to, to hear children playing yeah. in the hall. But then again, I mean, the psychics felt them and, you know, there's been a number of reports of them. So, you know. All right. Well, that brings us to our overall rating. What is your overall rating for this? So my overall rating then, oh man, I went up to an eight. I had a seven. Yeah. I had a couple sixes, but I also had a four. Yeah. I'm going to go seven. Yeah. I'm going to go seven. How I'm going to go one. Because yeah, I had, had a two and I had zero. So I have to average that out. All right. So that brings us to the closing arguments. This is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We're each given one minute of uninterrupted time, Rebecca. 
Uh, <laughs> we will time each other on our cell phones to keep each other honest. Rebecca, are you ready? I am ready. And away you go. All right. So I think this hotel is haunted. Um, it's well known. There's been enough reports um, that they felt the need to, you know, and, and the person, again, who kind of runs the hotel felt the need like, hey, I've experienced these things. I want to know what else is going on. Um, so I do think there's some poltergeisty activity. I do think that the woman haunts it for sure. Um, because definitely, again, that's the one that's seen. Um, I'm not as sure about the, you know, the sheriff, um, you know, but maybe. Uh, but it does seem like a place that I could see um, souls being drawn to. Um, and yeah, there's just enough, enough stuff there. So haunted. All there right. You, you had 19 seconds left. Rebecca. I know. I Actually, know. I started it a little bit after I told you to go. So. All right. Whatever yeah. you say. All right. You ready? Yes, I am. And go. So I, I said this in the beginning. I think it's easy to be distorted when you are in a new environment. This definitely be, would be a new environment. There's a lot of people coming from out of town to go there. They don't understand the local ways. They don't understand the local customs. The place seems a little strange to them. And I think that puts them at a heightened um, heightened awareness of these kind of things or unawareness, maybe I should say, because I don't think that they actually happened. I think this is all just reports. People love to be the um, the start of the the start of a good story. So, of course, they're going to say stuff like this. So that's where I'm going to leave this. All right. Just about the same yeah so i want to thank everyone so much for listening please share us with your friends and family as word of mouth is your best is our best advertisement and you know truly we have had a lot of people recommend us and that is why we're actually getting listeners yeah so thank you so much for that we really appreciate it and another thing that we appreciate is our vip producers which is andrew alicia becky kim Ernie, Cindy, Kevin, Jessica, Alice, Aaron, Hope, and Candy. And on the next episode of Ghostly, we're going to be talking about St. Augustine's Lighthouse in St. Augustine, Florida. And it comes out on March 6th. Are you ready for that one? We're going from cold to warm. Now, I know Mondo's been there. (gasps) Ooh. So I'll have to ask him what his thoughts are of St. Augustine. Definitely. Um, Until next time, stay ghostly. Bye.